You are now listening to Millennial Renaissance Radio. Welcome back to Millennial Renaissance Radio. This episode is brought to you by Savage Coast. Savage Coast is an apparel company that donates 10% of annual proceeds to a nonprofit called Humans for Oceans, raising awareness around ocean conservation. They just dropped their Stellwagen t-shirt, which I'm a huge fan of. Each shirt is made from eight recycled plastic bottles. With a 25 SPF protection level, it is perfect for all of your outdoor adventures. Head over to savage-coast.com to support an awesome brand that also gives back to the earth. Last episode, I mentioned how important it is for us to have dialogue with others regarding uncomfortable subjects. So, this week I decided to put my money where my mouth is and interview my friend Kwan. Kwan works for the Foreign Ministry of Kazakhstan, a country that used to be part of the USSR, and shares the largest border with Russia out of all the former Soviet bloc countries. Kwan is very pro-Russian, and in light of claims that Russia has meddled with our politics, I thought this would be a good conversation to have. Kwan's perspective is not one that Americans are used to hearing, but that's the point. We shouldn't always listen for what we want to hear. Whether you consider someone's viewpoint radical, there is still much to learn from what they have to say. And I hope you learn something from what Quan has to say. Enjoy. I don't know, like... Things <laughs> <laughs> are great. All right. Yeah. Three, two, one. All right. Um, so, Quan... Um, I wanted to interview you uh, because we connected, I don't know, last semester or the semester before mm-hmm. at happy hour or something like that, and I really mm. enjoyed talking. You're, you're from Kazakhstan. Right. And you've worked in the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, correct? Right. right. And um, uh, Kazakhstan is uh, formerly part of the USSR. And um, I was really interested to hear your perspectives in terms of um, growing up, um, growing up, you know, so close to Russia and Mm -hmm. and especially nowadays with United States Russian relations. um, That's in in our news a lot. Um, And I remember one night when we were we're having a beer and I asked you. I think it was like, what do you think the most shocking thing about the United States is, or, or mm-hmm. I forget what it was, but basically you, your response was that um, we have like a lot of propaganda. Mm-hmm. And I was always, I, I always thought the same thing about, about Russia. So I'd just be curious, like um, your thoughts on kind of, uh, if you could expand on that propaganda idea, mm-hmm. um, Maybe give me a couple examples, and then also maybe um, add in kind of some of your perspectives, you know, in terms of living sure. in the United States and. <laughs> sure. Yeah, um, I think it's um, very. 
Um, good question. And um, to begin with, um, so I grew up, I was born in the USSR, uh -huh. um, and um, a part of my childhood uh, was in, in a, in a, during the USSR. And uh, <clears throat> I remember from that time that we had uh, like propaganda everywhere in um, in a posters on the streets in the on the TV in on every channel that the um, United States is uh, is the main our enemy and um, one day we will have to uh, fight or defeat um, the United States somehow mm -hmm. um, so then um, <clears throat> And of course, I had um, I was I was sure that only uh, uh, we in the United in the USSR we have the propaganda um, since other part of the world was the kind of free world, mm -hmm. uh, democratic world. Um, but um, when I came United States in 2015 and I started to watch the uh, US. Uh, uh, news um, um, like uh, um, different medias in the United States I understood that uh, the same uh, is happening in uh, here in the United States mm -hmm. uh, like huge propaganda uh, giving like um, um, information about uh, other countries especially about Russia um, wrong information uh, or different information from the reality by just kind of for me, uh, I might be wrong, but it, it seemed to me, and it seems to me, kind of um, um, U.S. media on purpose, um, like um, making special opinion, uh, uh, making the public opinion among the Americans, mm -hmm. in order to um, show, uh, especially Russia, uh, kind of evil country, mm -hmm. uh, which is. Um, um, like for all all um, wrong or bad things happening um, all over the world, uh, including United States, uh, Russia, um, it's Russia's fault. So um, in, in in that meaning, um, yeah. So I was surprised to realize that um, not only in our region, not only in the USSR, but not only in the Russia, but also in the United States. Um, there is a propaganda, uh, and it's uh, it's 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 done on purpose. Um, yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think the, we are going through uh, a lot of issues with our media in our country. Um, you know, domestically and in terms of foreign perspectives. But I think we we forget about the foreign perspectives. You know, we have a lot of our maps have you know the United States at the center. Um, I think from an American perspective, sometimes when you were talking about that, one thing that came to mind is like the, the alliances that Russia makes sometimes. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, like uh, it makes like Russia allying with Assad in Syria, f for example. Right. Um, and, you know, that seems like kind of like a, I don't want to say it, it's not an evil alliance, but it, it's, it seems a little dark. Actually, I'm very glad that you mentioned about Assad and Syria because um, um, I was planning to give you uh, examples of the propaganda of United uh -huh. States and Russia. Uh, so one, uh, one example of the propaganda and the false information of United States um, uh, would be 
how uh, US media were showing or um, like um, informing, if I can say, like uh, the um, the. U.S., uh, the Russia and the Georgia conflict uh, mm -hmm. of 2008. Mm -hmm. um, it's proved and uh, even European countries uh, accepted, admitted that Georgia started um, uh, war against its own population, against its one of the, its uh, uh, autonomy uh, regions. Mm -hmm. uh, even uh, OSCE uh, admit that. And there are a lot of uh, documents uh, saying about that. Um, but I remember those days, um, I don't remember which of the channels, maybe CNN or maybe uh, Fox News, um, were interviewing one of the uh, victims of um, that um, conflict um, of 2008. And when that <clears throat> victim uh, started to talk that they were uh, sleeping and uh, tanks and soldiers from Georgian side came and started to attack their village. Um, the anchor started to cough, um, uh, say something uh, mm -hmm. that people couldn't hear that, that person. And in the end, they just shut the, shut the uh, interview. Mm. Um, that's the, one of the uh, examples of the uh, propaganda like it's not it wasn't good for US media to show um, uh, US population that it wasn't Russia's fault yeah but it was Georgia who started that conflict against its own population yeah that's the one one example second example about the uh, Syria and the Bashar Assad yeah <clears throat> speaking in general nobody cares about the Bashar Assad and nobody cares about the uh, Syrian uh, population Syrian people it's um, it's especially United States with the democ uh, democracy, bringing democracy uh -huh. all over the world. Uh, only thing what uh, big countries care, um, uh, that is um, geopolitical interests in the region, oil, gas, and uh, some, also some other, other uh, issues. So in, the, in, the, in the Syria, right now is happening not the fight of the democracy or uh, dictatorship against democracy or vice versa mm -hmm. there is happening just a war of several pipelines yeah um, <clears throat> um, so I'm sure you, you know that um, in the beginning of 2000s um, Qatar Saudi Arabia they wanted to build the several pipelines through the territory of the Syria to Europe um, so but uh, Bashar Assad, since he's like a traditional ally of the Russian Federation, um, he said he said no to the, those pipelines. And after that, there was um, uh, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, with the um, I, I'm, I think with the huge support of United States, um, started to um, prepare the plan how to um, change the regime in, in uh, Syria. Mm -hmm. Just because of that pipelines, not because they wanted to bring some democracy uh, to the people or to make people's life much better than the, they had. So, <clears throat> um, yeah, so they did everything prepared. And in 2011, um, there are some evidence, of course, there are evidence uh, uh, from uh, Russian uh, defense ministry that um, Saudi Arabia on its own territory uh, trained um, 
several thousand um, um, terrorists and in 2011 started to send it to uh, Syrian territory. Mm -hmm. And that's how started the like, uh, Syrian civil war. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, I, I, I previously uh, interviewed um, Lama on, on this podcast and, and she, one of her assertions was the civil war was also started because a lot of, there was a big drought and so there was a lot of uh, internal strife in terms of like economic pressure points. Mm -hmm. But the, um, it's true, our alliance with, with Saudi Arabia is, is a dirty one. Right. Um, so, <clears throat> and, it's, uh, I, and I think that's glossed over a lot in, in terms of our, in our, our, our media and, and our politics in general. Yeah, so um, um, that's right. And um, why it was um, United States interested to have those pipelines from Saudi Arabia and the Qatar to Europe, because right now only Russia is providing Europe with the gas and the oil. Mm -hmm. most, most, of part, most part of the oil and the gas is coming from Russia. Mm -hmm. And that's how Russia earning a lot of uh, oil and the gas dollars, mm -hmm. uh, fulfilling its budget and becoming stronger. Which is uh, and the United States not interested to that Russia be, became a stronger. Yeah. Um, that's why uh, they wanted to uh, cut the Russian pipelines to Europe and provide Europe with another uh, alternative uh, resources from uh, Qatar and the Saudi Arabia. So they 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 didn't succeed on that, and that that's after that. Um, that's the example of propaganda. The, in the in the media of the United States and the Western countries in Europe. They started to talk about the Bashar Assad's dictatorship. Mm -hmm. They didn't care about that like before. They, they don't care about dictatorship in Saudi Arabia. They didn't care about dictatorship of the Gaddafi before uh, happening uh, certain things in in, in, in Libya. So that, they started to do that in the media to prepare uh, public opinion, and they just started their operation to bombing and the sending that um, Saudi Arabia started to send the terrorists. Um, um, United States um, heading the coalition of uh, several country, NATO countries started partially bombed the country, and um, and in the media, in the U.S. media, they were portraying all those operations as uh, bringing freedom and democracy to Syrian people, mm -hmm. when it's not true. When yeah. it's just like the geopolitical interests and just money, and gas, and the oil. That's it. And weakening its uh, uh, U.S.'s uh, potential um, competitors around mm -hmm. the world, which which is uh, mainly Russia. Yeah. Well, and you think? Do you think? I think that we're both guilty of geopolitical interests. I agree. As well. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, I'd be curious. One one more uh, foreign policy issue that involves Russia that I'd be interested to touch on with you is. Um, Ukraine. Mm -hmm. uh, I'd be curious your perspective on that because uh, it was my understanding that um, you know, Russia was exerting influence on Ukraine. I forget. It, um, I mean, it, they have had a history of you right, know, right, yeah. um, you know, uh, influencing uh, the um, countries like the Czech Republic in in '68, and and then Ukraine when when it was it was like. Russian soldiers, but not dressed as Russian soldiers. Um, 
And I'd be curious to, to hear your, your, your perspective on, on Ukraine. I, uh, yeah, I, I really love this question because it's, uh, I think this question should be um, discussed like little more than uh, it, it is um, uh -huh. these days. And um, um, I would like to start with the Cuban crisis. Like, for example... Oh, we're taking it way back. Uh, yeah, just a just <laughs> little bit. Um, okay. Um, so, you remember, in, I think it was um, 62, right? 62, 61, 62, mm -hmm. when um, uh, USSR um, <clears throat> deployed its um, several uh, intercontinental missiles in Cuba. What happened? There happened, like, history um, in a, around the world, especially United States started... Uh, say that it's uh, unacceptable to have the intercontinental, intercontinental missiles right next uh, to the United States, which is threatening its um, security. Mm -hmm. um, that happened, right? In the in the end, the uh, USSR and the United States somehow um, uh, came to the consensus, and uh, they took the, the USSR took the, its uh, missiles from Cuba. The US took its missiles from uh, Turkey. Um, the same situation with the Ukraine. Um, <clears throat> so um, they, uh, uh, Western countries, uh, illegally overturned, if it's the right word, overturned the legal government of Ukraine, mm -hmm. which was elected in the um, um, constitutional uh, democratic elections. Um, and um, they were openly supporting um, Western countries and they were openly supported by Western countries, uh, especially by United States and uh, other main European countries. Um, that, so that meant that um, new government is going to um, <clears throat> take out the US, uh, uh, Russian military base from Crimea which is unacceptable for the Russia. It's, um, if they will take out the uh, Russian um, military base from Crimea, that place will be um, taken by other countries' uh, military base. And the most likely it will be US military base, or most likely it will be US military base, since European countries are not interested to have the, their own military bases. Mm -hmm. um, and that would be uh, threatening uh, Russian uh, security uh, very directly, which since uh, Crimea and Ukraine is, um, has the long border with Russian territory, right. which is unacceptable. And Russia couldn't uh, allow uh, Western countries and those illegal, um, those people who came to the power illegally to uh, to do those uh, things, and it just helped uh, Crimea to conduct the referendum to choose if they want to stay in the Ukraine or in in, in Russia. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, there were like uh, several thousand uh, Russian military. They were uh, providing security for the people. Uh, since you remember what happened in the Ukraine in 2014, many people were killed, shot, and um, those. Um, Half terrorist groups um, uh, in Ukraine. In some cities, they even burned people alive uh, in the buildings. Um, I, I'm not sure about the city. I think it's, it was um, uh, somewhere one of the cities where they trying burned, to repel Russian burned forces. The, 
Uh, no, they just burned the, uh, their own citizens who uh -huh. were not agree with them, uh, that, uh, who were against that uh, government which came illegally to the power in okay. 2014. They just burned them alive in the building. Yeah, that was really crazy. And Russia just protected the Crimean people. Uh, and that's first thing. Second thing is Crimea always historically was the Russian territory. Mm -hmm. It in um, I think 1956, uh, uh, Khrushchev, uh, uh, USSR secretary at that time, he just like gave to Ukraine the Crimea as a gift, since he was the secretary of the, uh, you know, of USSR. He was okay. the, yeah. So it's so they just like historically came back to their motherland. And uh, but the main reason is um, Russia cannot allow to have the another military base. Either it's a U.S. military base or NATO military base. It's it's related to its security. Mm. Yeah. And um, so it's, it's it's like a similar issue, like how we feel when Russia put missiles Ru in Cuba. Mil military base in Cuba. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think it's I think it's really interesting uh, because yeah, what it does come. And I recently read a book uh, called. Confessions of an Economic Hitman. That's a, uh -huh. Have you read it? No, but I've heard a lot of things about that. I want to read that one. Yeah, yeah. so uh -huh. it's, it's, an about, it's about um, uh, an American, I guess he, he was an agent, but basically his, his job was to further geopolitical interests for the United States. Right. And so I learned a lot from that book, and, and, mm. you know, and we touched on this earlier. It really does come down to, um, to I guess, our government's playing this chess match with each other. I mean, when you look at Syria, that's what it literally felt like. I mean, yeah. the way that um, uh, the way that the United States and, and Russia were kind of having this back and forth throughout the Civil War in, in Syria was, I don't know, it, it really felt like, you know, kind of this like, I agree with you. It's like those it countries, like small, small countries, like... are victims of the of the game of the big countries like right. Russia, U.S., and China. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're kind of victims of the situation and of the geopolitics of the other big countries. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry sometimes. Yeah, that those things happen with yeah. those countries. Yeah. And in shifting, uh, shifting a little more towards the, I guess. I wanted to have this conversation because I think it's an important one. Um, mm -hmm. It's also uh, Trump happened to meet with the the Kazakh mm -hmm. <laughs> the Kazakh president today, which is a happy right. coincidence. <laughs> it was meant to be, Quan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess I, I'd be curious also your perspective, um, your perspective on work in in I mean, the work that you do in in the ministry. Is that work that you connect with in terms of you love what you do? Um, or what is a perspective in maybe Russia or Kazakhstan when it comes to working? Like, is it, is it about survival? Because in the United States, I think we're afforded a lot of luxuries in terms of security. Um, and uh, not all of us, but um, I'd be curious to hear your perspective on, on work and like loving what you do, like mm -hmm. being passionate about what you do. <clears throat> Um, yeah, actually, uh, I want that American bullshit. <laughs> no, <laughs> uh, if it is, you can tell me that. No, I've been I, waiting I, for no. somebody to tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, I think, um, yeah, like, um, so 
I like um, working in, the, in my ministry because it's. Uh, I think it gives me opportunity to uh, to do um, some like important things to uh, to help um, to build uh, good relations for for my country and with other countries. And uh, since we uh, we are um, one of the regional countries and we really. Um, Valued the uh, um, cooperation with the big countries such as U.S., Russia, and the European Union. Um, um, not only because uh, like we need some political support from them, but also we earn um, like a lot of money for with because of the trade with all those countries. Um, uh, I think. Um, so um, that, for example, the visit of uh, our president today uh, to uh, to United States and the meeting with uh, Donald Trump, um, I think it's a good sign. Uh, since um, our president, uh, he's uh, one of the peacemakers of uh, our period, and I'm sure he can help to uh, to uh, restore or to um, change to the positive dynamic of the. The, the relations between Russia and um, and the U.S. Um, since it's not simple, like uh, n none of the sides cannot go or call to each other and say, "Hey, uh, let's start uh, like um, our uh, relations like mm. again on the yeah. from the like um, clear list or something, a like clear page." Yeah. So that might be, I think, good sign uh, for all the sides. Yeah. And we. I think we we really value our relations with the United States since uh, our trade uh, uh, is one of the I think big trades uh, comparing with other countries. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's around um, several billion dollars, uh, which is good uh, considering how far we are located from each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and at the same time, um, we are not uh, turning back to the Russia. We cannot do that since it's we, we have the longest uh, border in, on Earth with Russia, and we are traditional allies and uh, traditional uh, brother countries. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so I think um, we, our our president and our country, can play some role of. Uh, peacemaker or build helping to, to other countries yeah well I mean you know it, it's it's really interesting because from a from my perspective having studied international relations um, you know everybody's everybody's been everybody's all bent out of shape about about Trump you know mm -hmm. uh, or our elections potentially being in our elections I think they were influenced by the Russians I I you don't. You don't think so. I. Think I, I don't think if, so. I mean, because and and I'm I'm not mad because mm -hmm. I, I mean I, we've done plenty of we've tried to influence Russian spheres plenty of times. You know, through probably. Under, you probably. Know? Yeah, I mean. I'm, so it's kind of yeah. like you know it's tit for tat and, and honestly I think it's it's a pretty intelligent move. Um, but you know, for me, you know, if, if Trump has a a good relationship with with Putin, you know, I'm not a huge Trump fan, but, mm -hmm. you know, if that's something that he brings to the table, like, oh, sweet, you know, like, I, these are, this is something that's needed to be improved for decades now. 
I think, yeah, that would be really great. So uh, Russia and the U.S., they can do together much more uh, than being separate and uh, blaming each other for different, um, you know, unbelievable things, kind of uh, Russian interfere to the um, U.S. elections. Yeah. And I would like to um, comment that saying, um, first of all, with the words of the uh, Mr. Putin, uh, answering to that question, uh, Putin said, he was answering to the U.S. Um, <clears throat> journalist's uh, question about uh, elections. And he said, what do you think? United States is a banana country that we can go and easily interfere or uh, influence the elections uh, in the United States? Yeah. Um, I think I agree with him. That's the first thing. Second thing is um, I've watched some news about... Um, uh, I'm not sure, was it the FBI report or... Um, I think it was the FBI report about the <clears throat> Russian interference to uh, US elections. Mm -hmm. They were uh, providing, I think, Congress with, um, I don't know, like around uh, 200 or 300 uh, pages of the report. And I saw the picture of that uh, report, at least several pages. It's, it's like uh, public and you can find it everywhere. And everything is... Um, was um, like marked with the black, Blacked yeah, out. yeah black, 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 Russia, <coughs> black, 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 interfered Russia, um, black, black elections. So how you can understand and judge like uh, they really did that mm -hmm. when when even uh, ABI uh, like doesn't give even to Congress uh, men um, to um, read the older report. Mm -hmm. I don't know. So um, I did. I didn't hear. I didn't see any proof. They couldn't prove it. If you if you, if you cannot prove it, it's not happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you if you are proving, yes, then it's 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 uh, it's true that happened. Mm -hmm. When since it, there is no proof, it's not happened. Mm. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They, they should they I should that, uh, they should okay. they should prove right. right? If you are saying right. uh, like it's, I did something, right. you should prove it. Innocent until proven guilty. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, one one thing that um, I was I was talking to somebody about this recently. It, it, from what I understand, in Russian culture, um, smiling in public is not a big thing. Right, it's not and, common. And no, no and no. when I I remember when uh, I remember when I first met you or when I first saw you I hadn't met you, I didn't meet you for a while until I uh -huh. uh, but I remember you you never smiled oh really oh yeah <laughs> and and now it's like you're you're the happiest guy in Monterey <clears throat> and I'm, I'm curious is it like a cultural thing like what is what is your experience been in the, in the United States for three years because I mean you literally mm -hmm. are going from one end of the spectrum to the mm -hmm. other like mm -hmm. I mean what has that been like living here for an extended period of time I think uh, <clears throat> um, I was and I am very lucky that I had the opportunity to uh, to uh, come to United States and uh, like to live here for several years and uh, getting my master's degree and um, interacting with um, uh, U.S. people, Americans, and I think that had like big influence on me. Mm -hmm. um, and I I really agree that it's really good thing um, and it's really um, pleasant when you see people even uh, outside on the streets and even you don't know they smile to you and they say hey hi he hello or good morning good afternoon i think it's really a good thing which um 
other countries should be uh, learning from mm -hmm. from uh, U.S. culture. Um, I think that's probably that's the like the, <laughs> that's one right. of the reasons why now these days I'm smiling more uh -huh. since um, I'm learning from Americans mm -hmm. of this really good habit. I think it's like it's always good to see uh, or meet person who is smiling, right? It's it's not very good to meet the people uh, who are not smiling or very serious. Um, yeah. So um, <clears throat> and uh, and definitely, um, United States, like one of the greatest countries in the world, and um, it's really. Um, uh, I mean, I admire this country, uh, people of this country, because it's. I cannot like, I don't know how they did like during just so short like um, 240, 250 years. Um, they built such a great country. Um, I one never of thought the, of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's. It, I think it's really. People were are still very creative, um, very uh, open-minded. Uh, I think free thinking. Probably those things are the main um, features of the Americans helped uh, to build this kind, this kind of the country. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and uh, we have a lot of things uh, to learn from the United States. And uh, every time when I <clears throat> see something, um, and I see a lot of things, and a lot of things, I'm thinking about those things like, oh my God, why we cannot do in that the same way in our region, in our country? Mm -hmm and why they can't do this in a really like right way mm -hmm. for the people, for the convenience of people. Um, there are a lot of those things. Um, yeah, so definitely we, um, I mean, the United States really deserve to be, uh, to be called like uh, one of the greatest countries. And I can really understand when uh, every president or every official person of the US government saying, we are the greatest country. Yeah, I agree with that. And um, you're not just saying that. You're, no, you're not... no, I really mean that. I okay. really mean that. And um, we, other countries, really uh, can learn a lot from the United States. Yeah. yeah. In in a different aspects, in a different spheres of uh, life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I, th I and I think um, uh, to that, I think we also. Um, could learn a lot from other countries, and I think we we forget that sometimes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe less than other countries from the United States, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. All right. Well, I, this is a, this is a question that I've finished a lot of interviews off with, um, and we're we're coming towards the end. Mm -hmm. uh, our beers are almost. Oh, well, yours is almost done. I still have a little bit more. Oh, we still can have. Uh, <laughs> we still can have more. Okay. <laughs> um, what's what's a big what's the biggest lesson that you've learned? Um, uh, in terms of shaping your life to, to what you want it to be? Um, it's a big one. Yeah, it's a um, very, uh, very complicated question. Um, so, um, <clears throat> I think um, the biggest lesson for me would be uh, always to be open. Um, um, which helps uh, anybody to uh, to I think to succeed in their lives because I used to um, make before like um, before uh, 
learning about the different cultures, especially um, American culture. I used to um, uh, to do um, some. I had some thoughts, and uh, I sometimes uh, made some uh, assumptions about different situation, different things happening around. But I never shared that uh, my opinions with the person uh, or with other people. Um, but coming here, um, and the sp most mostly I learned it here. Uh, always to be open, and uh, if you have something uh, uh, you didn't understand or you have still questions about that saying uh, you you have some doubts about that saying it's better to ask um, to ask and discuss it openly that helps um, all sides to uh, in the in the end to save the faces to uh, to save the good relations and even sometimes like uh, make the relations even better even closer um, yeah I think that um, that Probably is the big, biggest lesson I've learned. Um, yeah, if I. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I think it's a great one. Yeah. All right. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. Thanks, Quan. Thank you, Sky. You the man. Big thanks to Quan for doing the interview. Change it up a little bit, uh, and I think I think it was a great great change of pace for the podcast. Also, big thanks to Sweezley Mac, who's been providing the music for this season. Uh, you can find him on Instagram at Sweezley, S-W-E-E-S-L-Y. He's dropping beats every Monday, and I am featuring those beats on the podcast as well. All right, this podcast is a learning resource, first and foremost. I've been trying to come up with simple curriculum that corresponds with the lessons in these interviews, as well as experiences I'm having hustling the podcast, music, and coaching. So a concept I came up with recently that I'm working on is called daily wins and losses. I've coached a lot of sports and it's pretty easy to see if you're doing well or not based on your wins and your losses. So what I'm currently doing is keeping a journal where I mark up each day as a W or an L. My challenge to myself and to you is to record 15 days and then step back and look at your record. You know in the back of your head whether a day was a win or a loss, but also include why you think that. I think this is a powerful tool for providing basic structure to those who have little in their lives, especially those who are entrepreneurs. And I also think it's a good indicator for whether or not you need a change in your life. Learning is simple, really. Either you're doing it or you're not. I see little differentiation otherwise. But if you haven't already learned this, remember, the Renaissance will not be televised, but it will be podcasted. Who is the man?